You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. Hello. Hello. I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Rachel Nemeth. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 115, 115 of the Real Wedding Podcast. Like us on Twitter at Real Wedding Pod and search Real Wedding Podcast Group to join us on Facebook. Uh, we're going to get straight into it this week. Um, it's COVID, COVID, COVID. And the sooner we talk about it, the sooner we can all get back on with our lives and talking traffic, swimming pools and housing developments. How does that sound, guys? Yeah, well, those are <laughs> our favourite subjects. Yes. <laughs> we, are, we are talking about housing development later on as well, aren't we? Yes, and I I cannot wait. Um, We have Indie Corner for you coming right up, and I thought I'd just let you know our interview this week is with singer-songwriter Matt Robinson, um, who is our big guest interviewer. He's a friend of yours, Rach? Oh, yeah, he's my lovely, I was going to say lovely old neighbour then, but I don't mean he is old. I mean that he was was my neighbour in the olden days. Yeah, really nice chap. He's not the former Reading FC left back of uh, the Alan Pardew era, is he? Uh, he's never mentioned that, so no, no. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> is this is this back in the um, what was the road call? Is back in the old uh, oh the old Denby Place Denby days. Place days is that? Yeah. Ah, okay, I see. Um, well, okay. First up, though, here is Indie Corner. Hi, everyone. Uh, I have Andrew Spires of Lens Digital. Uh, hello, Andrew. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? I'm very well. Um, now, you've not had a long time to, repair, to prepare for this, so I'm, I'm going uh, to kind of just talk you through this and we'll, we'll get going. So you've got two minutes just to talk about your business. Um, so, Andrew, tell me a little bit about who you are and what Lens Digital is. Um, okay, so Lens Digital is a web design agency. Um, we're Berkshire-based. Um, and we help small businesses get the best from their websites. Um, now that can be, we build new websites for people. We can help update a website. We can just simply give you a review and give you some feedback on your website to help you make the changes yourself or understand what you need to do. Um, we also help with SEO, which is search engine optimization, which is to help get your website up the rankings on Google and to get more people to visit your website. Um, and when did you launch Lens Digital? Um, business launched just over three years ago. Um, I've worked in IT for t- too many years, and I'd got made redundant for the second time. And I thought, I don't want to be made redundant again, so I'll take control of my own life and start my own business. Um, strange enough, I did try and start my own web design agency back in the mid-90s when the internet first came along. But... Um, that time nobody was interested so i gave up and went back to corporate life um what are the things that you're looking for or what it what is it what do you find the key things that the businesses need to be thinking about when they're putting a website together it's interesting because when i talk to a lot of businesses about their websites they end up going away um having lots of questions to ask answer about 
what they actually want. They think they want a website and then you start to ask questions and you then start to examine what they're offering and how they're describing what they're offering. So having a website is obviously having a clear picture of um, what you want from your business. What are you offering? How are you offering it? Um, and it, it's, it's interesting. It almost, when on that initial call, when I have with clients, it turns into more of a business conversation than a website conversation because a lot of Mar, especially in the current climate, people starting a business for the first time and they, they don't know what, what they're doing exactly. They're just sort of saying, I need a website to promote my business. And then you sort of say, okay, what about this bit? And they're like, oh, okay, I haven't thought about this. Or especially, you know, it, it's just evolves the conversation. So having a clear picture of what your business is will always be a good starting point for the website. Where can people find out about Lens Digital? Um, the website is wearelens.co.uk or you can drop me an email at hello at wearelens.co.uk. Indie Corner, uh, and we'll just jump straight in to Jeremy, who's going to tell you how you can get in touch with us. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod, and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, guys, it's big headlines time. I know we've moved straight into it, but I, I just feel like COVID slash coronavirus is, is going to take a bit longer than the five minutes I usually give these subjects. So uh, obviously the big news on Thursday was that we all got our tears. Uh, it was felt a bit like waiting for the Champions League draw or the European Championship draw. Um, what to exciting is that? We, well, I wouldn't necessarily say they were particularly exciting. Uh, we're all waiting to find out what where we've been seeded, um, and you know, there, there we there we go. So Reading is in tier two. Um, Hugh, do you want to just give us a second to explain what tier two means if people haven't already had enough of understanding what tier two means? Tier two. The government rules are you must not socialise with anyone you do not live with who's not in your support bubble in any indoor setting. So you are not allowed people who aren't in your bubble in your house and you're also not allowed to socialise them in a public place. You must not socialise in a group more than six outside, including a garden or a public space. This is the same as it was before the rule of six. Um, businesses are allowed to open. Um unless you're a nightclub, they're still not allowed to open. Um, pubs can open, but only if they do food. I think the term I keep seeing is a substantial meal. So it's not like you can open and then give someone a bag of crisps and pickled egg. Um, you have to, uh, you have to do food. Um, any, um, so what they call, what they call Tom's wet pubs. Wet Wet lead pubs. As opposed pubs. to wet lad, which you would have been called at school. And I specifically <laughs> mean you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they cannot. Yeah, so yeah, drinking pubs. Like the um, Allied Arms in town would be a good yep. example of a drinking yes. pub. They unfortunately will have to stay shut. Um, and Can I clarify something on that? So uh, they, can. they can open if they serve substantial meals. Yes. But if 
you go to the pub, does that mean you can only be there if you are having said substantial meal with your pint? That is my understanding. That is, yeah, that, so that you is can't just go and have a pint? No. Thinking, I think the thinking is that if you're eating, you won't get really, really drunk and therefore you might, you'll be able to keep to the rules better than someone who's had 10 pints. Um, the better news is that the, the these places... Uh, can now stay open till 11, um, which they couldn't before. The 10 p.m. curfew has been scrapped, but they have to take last orders by 10, yes. I think. Um, and the other thing that I think is different is that theatres and concert halls can open now. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm fairly sure they weren't allowed to open before. Um, again, there'll be there's a curfew they have to close by 11 and but um and you'll have to, there won't be many people in there but they are allowed to open which is something uh people in that industry will probably probably feel is better than nothing um that is peculiar though so i could go to the theater with a lot with strangers but i can't go to my mum and dad's that that is a bit odd um and I say peculiar the- for want of saying a much stronger word and theoretically, <laughs> theoretically, you can go to the football as well. You can as indeed. As a few weeks' time, Reading, Reading, I think, will be allowed a crowd of 2,000 um, spread out throughout the stadium, I'm sure. Um, I was saying you could go to the football, Rachel, but I'm fairly sure that it will be people who have paid for season tickets will be able to go <laughs> rather than the likes of you or I. Not that I'm interested in that <laughs> going. Um, uh, outdoor sport. Physical activity, exercise classes can continue, but there's some, uh, yes, there's all indoor sport. You can, but you're not supposed to mix with anyone you don't live with or share a bubble with. So you can go to an ex- exercise class with your, with your <laughs> mum, but no, but not with people you don't know. <laughs> that right. is a tiny exercise class. That's it's, not going to work, is me it? Me and my mum zumbering. We can't even have the instructor. We can just yeah. So you can't go in your mum's house, but you can go to an exercise class with. So I can meet her in the village hall, do a bit of zumba, but we can't go back to hers for a cup of tea after, right? I think that's right. I'm with you. Yep. Uh, Yeah, and the other thing is, if you live in a tier two area, you must continue to follow the your own rules if you travel to a tier one area. However. There are so few tier one areas. I think there's, there's only a handful of them in the Cornwall, whole country. There's three. The Isle of Wight. Cornwall, yeah. the Isle of Wight, certainly. Um, and the Isles of Scilly, I think, is the other one, isn't it? They will be. <laughs> so if you go to the Isles of if you find yourself in the unlikely position of having to go to the Isles of Scilly, you have to still <laughs> make sure you keep to the, your own rules. So As long as it wasn't non essential travel to get there. Yeah. So if you have to go there for work. You have yes. to make sure your rules are different to everyone else. The rules. I, I don't understand that, but um, uh, yeah. So, in terms of who's in what, most of Berkshire, so Reading, Bracknell, Wokingham, West Berkshire, and Windsor and Maidenhead. So Reading bordering with Wokingham and West Berkshire um, uh, are are in tier two. So that's everything we've just discussed slough um is in tier three the the uh the high 
high high risk um and there are different rules for there for people there um but just the curious figure i've i've i just looked through the the uh, infection rates the most in the most recent numbers so the infection rate in reading is 144 people per 100,000 um that's tier two and then in Bracknell, your neck of the woods, Tom. Yeah. Sixty-seven point seven. Yeah. Having dropped from one hundred and forty-two the previous week, um, and that's tier two, and that um, the lowest in the country is fifty-six. So Bracknell actually has some of the lowest rates in the country, but it's still in tier two. Mm. I know it's not just done upon the infection rate, but the, that it, you know the the um the kind of discrepancy in numbers across Berkshire is quite interesting, but I I do wonder if as well if they have to think about so Bratton has low low levels, but it borders with Windsor and Maidenhead, which has higher levels, yeah. and it borders with Woking, which has higher levels as well. So so it's almost uh, I think this is probably considered as well. But all the number, last last I looked, all the numbers were going down, which is. A good thing whether after lockdown ends we all start going christmas shopping they start going back up again we'll have to wait and see um but as of now yet yeah, we're everywhere is in tier two and we're in tier two here as well in south oxfordshire as well it's so i i guess i i think that obviously as you say you things are they are going down um that's that seems to be the that seems to be the general feeling the rates are going down um, I, in my sort of, with my sensible head on, uh, I'm kind of thinking, well, if you just came out and put people in, some people in tier one, everybody just go out and, and party and be stupid. So it probably makes sense to put them into tier two, but at the same time, I'm not entirely convinced people are just going to do that anyway. Um, I, I, I sort of, I, I don't, this whole, this lockdown, I've, I've been personally very good. Uh, I've stayed out of trouble, stayed away from things, um, not really gone anywhere I shouldn't have done. But I don't really, when I have sort of been out for a drive or been out for a walk, I don't feel that everybody else has been doing that. I could be wrong. Rach, as a, as a mother of a, of a young son with plenty of energy and um, wanting to get out, how, does, how do you feel about what is, what is coming down the line? Does this make much difference to you? Um, I, I don't feel it will be hugely different to how we've been living for the last four weeks or during this second lockdown. Um, the only sort of positive thing really for us will be that we could potentially go for a walk with my mum and dad so that Zach could see nanny and granddad, which he hasn't been able to for the last three or four weeks. Yeah. Um, so that would be nice, um, but like you, we just, you know, I've, we did we did go to the park at the weekend, but to be honest, it was so busy. There were people who weren't. There was just the three of us went, but there was groups of people clearly not adhering to to the rules um and it it did feel a little bit uncomfortable if i'm honest so we didn't stay for very long and then we uh, decided we'd drive and go to the woods for a walk instead where we saw yeah. about three people in the whole <laughs> whole woods which was <laughs> much better um 
Yeah. I mean, we, Hugh and I were saying sort of before you, you came on that I feel that we've been quite well behaved as a family and you've just said the same. But unless everybody behaves well, it doesn't really matter because yeah. you know you could have not left the house for the the whole of lockdown two and still be left in tier three. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got to be a a group effort to to do the right thing. But I am get, I am so over it now. I'm, yeah. I'm just bored. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing. I'm very bored of hearing about it, and I expect Matt Hancock is very bored of talking about it as well. Um, <sighs> don't don't um, get me started on that, man. <laughs> the interesting thing with these figures in Slough is um, I spoke to someone about it last week, and what they've, they've got a very, very high rate of, of infection of people aged 17 to 21. Right. Um, and they, they think that this is sort of a disaster in terms of the spread of the disease because these are the people who don't get potentially don't get any symptoms or get it very mildly but it's kind of this sort of spread of it um by people who either don't know they've got it or have it very mildly um and they're giving it to to a lot of the other people in the area and they they're, they're trying you know what well, something like they say that you know teenagers seem to sort of feel you know what you're like when you're 17 you feel like you're invincible and stuff like that so and it's quite hard to explain to people who aren't ill that they need to stay at home or yeah. you know who feel like they've got a bit of a cold or whatever and they have to stay at home and they have to almost stay in their bedroom pretty much um and they have to have the tests and stuff like that and that's that's been a real difficult thing in that part of the world um so we'll wait and see we've got a few weeks let's wait and see how christmas shopping affects everything if people um you know do go out and go into places to buy their presents and stuff like that and imagine what john lewis will be like in a few weeks time in reading <laughs> well i assume they'll have the same sort of thing they were restricting the numbers of people that yeah. could go in and out weren't they and i assume yeah. they'll stick to that um well i hope they do there'll be a massive queue you know and also there'll be people like me whenever i go in there who will, who will be very much wanting to go in there and get something and then leave and be completely unable to find the exit despite having got gone in there hundreds of times before <laughs> well there is only i think there's only one way in and out isn't there at the minute well that, we, that wouldn't help to... rachel i'd still get lost inside <laughs> just go near the perfume counters hugh <laughs> um rich and i were talking the other night because i think a few of the particularly the bigger stores have said that they're they're looking at opening quite late like 11 midnight and uh, Rich was a bit like, what? who Who would go shopping at that time of night? That's ridiculous. And I was thinking, well, it's quite appealing if you could go in at sort of 10, 11 o'clock at night and there'd be nobody else around. That would be quite nice. Unless yeah, everyone had the same idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unless, of course, it's his shop that's to open until that late. And then that wouldn't be so cool. No. But, yeah. Interesting few weeks coming up, and yeah. then and then just after. Um, just uh, just to quickly round this bit off, um, I, I may have missed. It. Has there been any indication of when they might review these tiers? No, uh, not that I not that I've seen. Um, the general talk is that relaxing the rules 
in the run up to Christmas and then completely relaxing them over Christmas over, is it five days over Christmas? Yeah. Um, will almost certainly lead to something, to, you know, continued lockdown measures uh, after Christmas. The, 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 uh, I spoke to one of the scientists from the University of Reading um, uh, last week, earlier this week. I can't remember. Uh, last week. And um, he said that talk of everything returning back to normal by the spring was quote a little optimistic and he thinks it might take a little bit longer than that but i think he sort of said we'll be we'll be going in the right direction by then but for to reach that point maybe not so yeah. that's another cheerful message <laughs> just been um, really flat about it all this time yeah just flat I can't even be bothered to continue my sort of footballing metaphor about tears and seedings and stuff. So um, I just want to just put a quick note on this section um, for the fact that we recorded this on the Thursday. Uh, by the time this is out on Friday morning, everything could have changed. You never know. So I'll just put that little uh, that little note in there. Um, let's move on to something we do like talking about, which is housing developments. Um, Hugh, there is uh, a development coming at Station Hill, um, which is potentially going to be even bigger. How big was it and how big might it be? How big was it and how big might it be? Yes. Um, so this is a development in the development. <laughs> um, sorry, I think I found that much funnier than everyone else. Because I'm, I'm a... No, I liked it. I liked it. Yes. So this is the Station Hill development in reading uh between fire street and garage street also opposite opposite the berkshire live office um which, and um 538 currently 538 homes are planned for the um former area where friars walk and um telecom house used to be in reading town center um, they uh, have planning permission for 538 homes. However, they have the Lincoln MGT, which is the company in charge of the development, has now revealed plans to add another 61 apartments to the development, which will take it up to 599 uh, new homes right in the middle of Reading Town Centre. Um, so that's, that's one bit. And on the other side of the road... Um, you may have noticed that there's a very large empty space with a lot of rubble or there yes. was a lot of rubble. I haven't been down there for a while. Um, that there is a planning application, which is, was yet to get permission um, for, which could see many 750 homes built in that area going between the other side of garage street, right up into, into Reading station. And um, is that where the bus station was where the bus station was. Yeah. Um, that was knocked down. A very long time ago, it seems now. Mm. Um, and so that area in, and what they're saying is, uh, sorry, what they're saying is as well is if they get planning permission um, for these extra homes, then they're going to start work on the development as soon as, you know, shortly after that permission is secured. I don't know what happened if that they don't get permission, whether they'll just go back to the original plan and start work on that anyway. But um, we... We've seen all the demolition going over the course of last year um, and earlier this year. 
and we could see some building work not before the end of this year because that's quite soon now but maybe early next year <laughs> no sorry i'm getting i'm getting rolled up you've got to get planning permission first so that'll be probably in the early part of next year if that comes about and then work will start after that so we're probably looking at maybe the spring or early summer to see some sort of actual action on that site um and we've got the planning that application for the other side has been in for quite a while so i don't know when quite um it will get if and when it will get permission but again saying before the end of the year there's only going to be one more planning meeting after after speaking today so and i've seen the agenda and it's not on there so again at some point next year so that development is moving forward slowly but yeah there will be i don't know if there are any concerns or it's one of these very low car developments again station hill because it's right in the middle of town it's right by the train station um so to add more homes to it um i don't know whether there'll be a huge amount of concern over that we'll have to wait and see uh but yes it's potentially a very 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 large housing development right in the middle of town so in 10, 10 years or so that area will look very very different that area to be fair very much needed regenerating as well so um mm. so it'll be interesting to see how that progresses in that little area kind of from there and then the other side of the station to where aldi is that there's a lot of property going up in there isn't there oh yes yes there is yeah it's probably worth a more detailed discussion at another time because there's some massive developments planned for um Cav around cavisham road yes. um which will completely completely change that area in the over the next 10 years so you know reading in 10 years time reading will be with what's going what's with what's already happening and what's proposed it could be completely if it all gets permit, permitted and built it will look completely different around that area and they obviously think there's the demand there for that amount of housing yeah yeah it would be interesting to see if the people's habits have changed because the a lot of the idea behind those homes is it's so close to the train station so a lot of people who work in london would live live in in those new homes if people stop working commuting into london and home working takes off like a lot of people suggest um then we may well see some of these plans change but as it stands they're all still in the pipeline none of them none of them no one seems to be thinking of, of that yet um so we'll have to wait and see i did think that when i read the article because there it was mentioned about retail space and office space being included in the developments and i thought there's already quite a lot of vacant office space isn't there in town and like you just said if if people continue to work from home more the demand for that will be less yeah i mean it, it could be the case these applications get changed over the course of time to have far less office space in them um i don't know um we'll, we'll have to wait and see about about that um it will be an interesting time if, if that way of life does doesn't go back to what it was um but we'll have to 
well, you know, I, I can't predict what will happen with these these plans apart from the fact they're all, they're all being worked on and being submitted. And in this case, they want to have even more people living there. So that's some sort of sign that they're fairly confident that the um, that there will be demand for these for these homes in town. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, as it's, I can't. I know we did a while ago. We did have a total of of how many we thought might might be in that space, but I imagine that's gone up significantly since then. It was certainly in the thousands, if I remember rightly. Um. We've got one last little story to talk about. It's a bit of an odd one. Um, Rach, I'm going to just throw this at you for a second, just mm. because. Oh, I feel, I feel like... unprepared. What oh, is it? Well, I feel like I feel like you've probably lived in in or around and been involved in the centre of Reading for longer than myself or Hugh. Would 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 that be fair? Sort of as a kid, you'd go into Reading as a. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, what what do you remember of the uh, area in the pub that was like the lower ship in? opposite London Street Brasserie. Do you have any recollection of that sort of area at all? I'm not certainly not saying we're old enough to go to the pub. How rude. Uh, <laughs> it closed 30 years ago, didn't it? Yes, it did. But just, you know... As, I was uh, barely uh, born. As a 30-year-old, as, as a young 31-year-old woman, as you currently are. Uh -huh. um, what do I remember about it? I, I certainly don't remember it being a pub. Um, that was before my time. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but, uh, when I was looking at the article earlier, was that where the um, where the futon shop was, or is that next door to it? Has it just literally been stood empty as a spooky abandoned pub? So, so according to the article, it has been stood empty as a spooky abandoned pub for the best part of thirty years. Why? I think the futon shop was next door. I think you're right. Ah, okay. It feels like I just had like flashes through my head then of Shaun of the Dead and that we ought to like, get to the Winchester or <laughs> get to the well, ship or whatever it was called. That's where we could all go and hide out and yes. have some beer on draft. Um, <laughs> but no, I don't really, I don't remember it as a, a pub, certainly, but it wasn't really a... Uh, like a shopping hub down no. that area was it um no. i suppose jackson's corner was just just along the way but beyond that there wasn't much else it's, to me it's that pub is like i can never picture where it is no i, I struggle i must have walked past it loads of times um but in my mind all i can pick, ever picture is the photo we've got it which is taken by someone else at, at uh at night <laughs> um i can't you know, it closed in the mid nineteen eighties, so I've been been a you know a young child at that point. Um, but it is odd, isn't it, that the company keeps a keeps a, a license or, or a lease for it. Um, it the company is uh, Samuel Smith or Sam Smith um, has never, as far as I'm aware, ever given any indication as to what he wants to do with that building, and it's never. There were very vague rumours of it reopening. Of, in i want to say 2010 roughly. yeah it's yeah a long time ago um and it never came to anything i, I spoke to a man who uh who his name is uh i can't find his book now he wrote a book on reading pubs john deering yeah and he didn't know it you know he, he was as baffled as everyone about why this pub 
is is licensed but not um functioning as a pub so a sort of compulsory purchase by the Reading Council, which is something I'm wildly speculating about, and it's never gonna, probably won't ever happen. Um, I just expect it will stand there for, for a very long time, and one day we will might see some sort of planning application for it out of the blue. Um, <laughs> Samuel Smith but, don't own the building; they just lease the building from someone else. Uh. I think I was wondering whether they hold up, the they're holding on to it because they can see prices in Reading are just going to go up and up and up. And at some point they'll potentially, go, yeah. Um, someone like to buy it for development. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was if that was the case. Yes, and it's uh, cheap enough just to keep keep hold of it. Um, but I, I don't know the guy. The guy I spoke to is apparently their press person. Just said we don't comment on media stories, so <laughs> I don't know quite what his job is. But, uh... <laughs> As a press officer. So he's got the cushiest job in the, in the world. <laughs> there's um there's a couple of there's there's a couple of things with this in. Uh, online, I see a lot of wild speculation, but one of the big rumours about why it's never opened is because there's a tree they wanted to get rid of, but it's got a tree preservation order on it, and therefore they've because they're not allowed to remove the tree and expand, I think the garden or something like that. They've just gone, nah, well, no one can use it then. And I and, and I have seen Samuel Smiths are a, they're a, they are a, they are an old bunch. I think they've got they've got quite an eccentric owner because he's done something similar with a place in Bath that has never yeah. opened, and. They've got all sorts of odd rules, like you know, I say odd rules. Not it's not really an odd rule, but like, no swearing in the pub, and I think no phones in the pub is another one. Um, and I've been to one in Bristol, and it's just just generally quite an odd experience. I, I couldn't really put my finger on it, but just generally odd. Odd, bad, or um, quite normal? Don't know, don't know. Um, but I don't know. Just, just, just odd. I, I was. I'm not. I'm not convinced if it opened as a Samuel Smith's pub, I would go to it on a regular basis and probably go to it once um write about it and probably never go again but i think the thing is as well that i think where they might be a bit hamstrung they, they almost scuppered themselves is that it's been closed for 30 years so to reopen it it would be a massive amount of work and then an investment as well to get it back to run particularly get it back yeah. running as a pub um and like you say i would probably guess they've kept hold of it as an opportunity for something to, to to sell off to be used as something else but that opportunity has never materialized for reasons no one quite understands oh i mean i mean you know it could be it could be three weeks it could be another 30 years before we see anything go on with that building who knows um you know i i don't know that'd be great if it reopened as a pub i suppose but that that looks that looks mighty unlikely i would say what it looks like inside we don't like to have a look in there yeah we've got some uh, yeah one of the uh, one of the urban explorers got inside um and took some pictures it looks as you it's not in terrible condition he said it was he said it was quite you know i think quite nice compared to a lot of the places he goes to um but uh, yeah, and they sort of baffled as anyone that no one's ever done anything with it. It's not like it is derelict, but it's 
a lot less derelict than a lot, a lot of other places, if you see what I mean. Mm. Yeah. Like, for example, the Central Club, you can't actually, it's, too, it's dangerous to go inside there, whereas this one seems to be a fairly solid, solid sort of building. I'm just um, looking through some of the pictures now, and it, you know, it's a big space, uh, but it doesn't really look like it would require all that much to, you know, obviously subject to making sure it wasn't going to fall down on anyone, but yeah, it doesn't look in bad nick. The other one I'm looking into, and I hope to do something on maybe next week, is the uh, the Cooper's Arms in, in the marketplace <laughs> in town, which is oh, also close for ages. that's what I was trying to think of. And um, apparently there was, some massive, there was going to be some massive revamp of that Bristol and West Arcade, which has been closed for a very long time. Um, and there was a big plan for it, which hasn't materialised, and then it was up for sale. And then... Um, and then it's all gone quiet so i'm going to try and do some digging on that um not next week because i'm off but when i when i come back from my, my uh early december holiday then uh <laughs> going anywhere nice hugh abroad or oh, yeah maybe for a walk around the village <laughs> right thanks guys just to cut you off there before you go off on a tangent um that is it for part one in part two we'll be chatting to singer-songwriter matt robinson The Big Interview. Hi, everybody. I am with singer-songwriter Matt Robinson. Matt, hello. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? You're right. I'm very well, thank you. Very well, um, Matt. You, you know, I sing singer songwriter. Is that right? I, I've, I, like I was explaining to you, I, I, I tend to try not to do too much research into people, so that I'm asking authentic questions beforehand. But, but talk us through a little bit about what you do. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, that that's absolutely right. So that that's my main passion is I I write songs, uh, sing sing songs. Uh, done it for pretty much all of my life. I've grown up in Reading, um, played in uh, numerous bands and graced the stage of the Purple Turtle, uh, which is uh, you know absolute rite of passage uh, for any <laughs> Reading. <laughs> and uh you know back in the day getting paid in pizza and beer um so yeah from playing you know the turtle to the after dark um uh to the the oakford social um with a band that i play in called last picture show uh with my bandmate john milani who's also reading based um and um yeah and this last couple of years has been doing uh, a little bit more uh, solo stuff so i did a, a music project called dissembler uh with a uh basingstoke uh producer music producer called brian uh, southworth turner from bst music um and then this year during the pandemic um you know where everybody is opening their homes and you're able to just record music, and record music virtually i, I really pushed ahead with a, a load of songs that i've got um and um yeah it just feels brilliant now to be able to write music put it out on spotify apple all of that and just connect directly with uh with people that like it how how does that work because i i've seen lately a couple of things about um sort of some of the some of your big name performers or you know perhaps even you know i guess middle of the road performers sort of saying you know they they can't necessarily like the, the money from spotify and that kind of thing isn't necessarily enough to to pay a mortgage how does that work with you well so i'm lucky in that um 
the bread and butter job that I do is is not music. Right. So I work. Um, yeah, my, my actual work is I used to work as an actor. Uh, so I've spent the last fifteen years. I work as a coach and a facilitator mm. and a, a role play business actor for uh, numerous kind of industries from from law firms to you know to Google stuff yeah. like that. Um, so that's the bread and butter which keeps the kids fed and watered. <laughs> and <laughs> keeps me uh, keeps me with the ability to buy a pint here and there. Yeah. Um, so uh, so the music for me is a passion, you know, absolutely, you know, kind of if I had to make my living from it, I think, um, yeah, we'd be pretty destitute. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two obviously uh, famously stable industries, acting and uh, okay. and music. So, yeah, I, my, my parents, uh, when when they were younger, I said, yeah, the, this is what I want to do. Either, you know, kind of either music or acting. I think, well, oh, God, son, what about a proper job? But they knew that I think it's that thing if it is your calling and you know you're going to do it they they just were like look this resistance is futile so um <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> and now my now my uh yeah my middle daughter is uh is that is really into acting and uh and potentially might end up going that way and i'm i'm now in that position of going right just encourage but you know <laughs> it's uh it's yeah so how did how did you get kind of interested in kind of that that sort of songwriting process because yeah. you know, I, I i've got a young daughter now myself and i'm constantly sitting there making up stupid songs but i've no <laughs> idea how you would actually and i'm not suggesting for one moment anybody wants to hear my stupid songs but I've, I've no idea how you would go get to a point where you'd actually write that write them down where when did you start sort of thinking about writing songs down yeah so i am um, you know when i was at school i did piano exams and i just i, I just for me I, I got to a stage i'd learned enough to be able to then write music you know so got to grade five just was like you know i'd go in and i'd f play these you know these exams in a kind of rote fashion i thought actually i've got to the stage i can do i know enough chords to be able to write stuff and you know i'm thinking well for a lot of bands i love you know and i grew up loving metal and grunge and that you know literally what three chords and the truth you know a few chords you can write a song <laughs> so i know and then I started to, you know, I'd always loved writing poems, I guess. So I started putting those poems to the music and then just to have an outlet. And I've always been really prolific, Tom. It's like I, I've always loved to express how I'm feeling about stuff through words. So often I'll, I'll write lyrics first, you know, and then I'll either sit down at the piano or the guitar and then write something, you know, to, to, for, for those lyrics to have a home, really, to, to house them because obviously it's when um when 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 new bands and when when artists put uh put cds out or, or i guess put albums out on online the uh, these days in, in the old days they'd probably have like a lifetime's work on one one album and and then the next one they'd have to turn it around in about six months and surprisingly it's not quite as good you're kind of saying you're pretty prolific in terms of just on a on a regular basis is it is that that just kind of how you work or or, or is it sort of do you do you build up to a, a like 12 songs and then and then move on to the next one yeah no that's, that's a really good question i think um i think i've always been quite prolific just the pace is you know mm. I, i'll write something and then by the time we've written recorded it i'm then ready to move on to the next thing so part of it is my natural nature um the other part is being a songwriter and having three kids is you know and you, like you say you've got a daughter you know it's like you just don't have time when you yeah. know so I'll, I'll literally have you know kind of maybe a five minute window before bath time and it's like right 
I want to make the most of it. So it's made me kind of be much more concentrated in um, how I write stuff and also kind of, I think, less precious about it. You know, it's like, look, you know, I haven't got time to sit and tune this over a year. It will connect and let's put it out there. And the great thing now is, you know, with, you know, the way that music is and streaming services as an artist, an independent artist, I can connect directly to fans. I don't have to do it through a record label or anything like that. And the key is just momentum because, you know, people hear something, they go, that's great. What, what else have you got? What's the next thing, you know? So the momentum's really key for me, I think. And I I, I suppose, does that mean because there's not a sort of pressure from a, a label or anything like that? Does, does does that mean you kind of you just? You, I suppose in in any other industry, there's there's always deadlines and there's that. So you're you're not quite kind of so worried about kind of what you know. I I run a blog myself and. Um, yeah. You know, I you know I put stuff up. I haven't necessarily completely checked it for absolute perfect spelling and grammar. Right. If I could kind of translate that into a musical kind of sense, so you just sort of, I like this. I, I, I let's get let's get it up and see yeah. see whether people. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's exactly how I do it, Tom. It's like um, I wrote. Um, you know, a song called Echo Chamber that was literally sat down uh, at the guitar, and uh, it sounds really strange, but it literally arrived almost fully formed and i press i knew i i i knew i wanted to write something i'd i just remember my father had um had passed in that first wave of covid and i knew i needed to express something yeah. and you know so many people have gone through so much this year i literally sat down outside at the table picked up the guitar pressed um record on the iphone and the, the song just arrived fully formed and I listened to it back on the iPhone. I thought, you know what? That's captured a moment that if I then try and replicate it in the studio, I'll lose. And, so, and that was it. I literally, we mastered it, just did a couple of tweaks to make it, you know, kind of a, a good sonic level. And then that's the version that went yeah. out is the version you hear. Absolutely. Cause I think sometimes um, that be perfect driver for me personally, we're always getting further away from when I'm at my best, which is just in that moment, you know, I, I certainly, I can certainly, certainly understand that, and you know, from a, just from a writing point of view, I don't write that much in terms of in terms of kind of news stories or anything like that. But when I do, it'll usually be I've got I know exactly what the beginning is and I know what the end is. Yeah, uh, it's already in my head. I just you know it's just there, and then somehow the middle bit gets, and that's probably where it gets a bit fleshy in the middle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And 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 you know the the podcast that we do here is a little bit the same. There's very people people who listen to it will understand. There's very little editing going. I know I could cut one of our one of our presenters shoe down quite a lot but yeah ah, just you know it, it is what it is it's an hour and it's it's just some streams of consciousness i, I really like that that's uh, yeah and like that's the thing isn't it and people want that people want that immediacy and, and and they want that humanity you know i think where so much is you know kind of um you know you, you, perfection people want those imperfections and that humanity and that's always been the stuff to me that yeah. really really appeals i am not a virtuoso um <laughs> by any level but i have stories that i know i can tell that connect with people and and like you told me so i often have that first line and maybe that end line and then the rest just starts to take yeah. shape <laughs> it's sometimes a leap of faith you know it it's certainly is I've, i'm just looking at i've just got your website up on my on my other screen yeah. and there's a it, it was interesting you were sort of saying about echo chamber because uh, yeah. obviously that that's up there and, and the and the picture that's with it i was sort of thinking i was trying to work out what that was a picture 
what, what that picture was sort of trying to say because you you know you look quite smart you got that sort of open uh, yeah. open collar shirt and i thought oh, okay oh this, this this could be quite and, and now you kind of explain to me what the song's actually about and i'm thinking hmm i couldn't have been more wrong uh so yeah. I'll, I'll go and have a little listen about that just, yeah just talk about the new the new song that you've just put out lift me up yeah, absolutely um, so, yeah Terrific photo on the front. First of all, first and foremost, you've got me in there with the branding. Um, you know, I, is that is that a daughter or or a son of yours? Well, so actually, that is not one of my kids, um, okay. which I know they'll they'll give me hell uh, to pay for it. It's uh, a really great family friend of ours, and it's uh, called Haley, and it's her daughter um, who is just this brilliant exhibitionist and just takes amazing photos. And I saw that photo and just thought, this is perfect. And I think. You know, a lot of the stuff naturally I do is maybe it's, it's very emotional, quite emotive. And Lift Me Up was purposely, it was this upbeat tune about just living for the moment, seizing the day, actually, you know, just, just counting the blessings. Everything that I think especially this year has taught me and I think many of us just to kind of savour the sweetness amongst everything we're going through. So I wrote this really uplifting tune. And I wanted an image that captured that. And I initially had an image of um, a wave breaking and just it looked so serious. And then <laughs> I saw the picture and I was like, you know what, that's what it's about. And Lift Me Up has really, really connected so much with people. And it's felt amazing. It's been out for a couple of weeks and it's done really well. And just messages from friends and people just saying it's given them a real spring in their step and, you know, a real smile on their face. And I just go, wow, that, that that means so much yeah that's fantastic the juxtaposition between the two images on your website couldn't be more couldn't be more stark and i guess that's probably part of it yeah it, it is tom very much so and again it kind of harks back to what we were saying earlier on it's like i don't have a record deal i don't have anybody telling me this is the style of music i need to do and my music's really diverse so there is the um you know the singer songwriter kind of bonnie Vare influence style of um echo chamber to lift me up um to um uh, you know a lot of electro stuff that i do as well and then to the bands that i play in last picture show we do kind of big widescreen anthemic rock and the beautiful thing is, you know, you can do all these different styles. And in a way, people think, well, is that going to be confusing for listeners? But I think listeners are smart enough to go, yeah, great. I love that. This one, not so much. Or they might embrace the yeah. variety. But, you know, you're, you're never the same person. <laughs> you tell that same story twice. So, yeah, I, lo I love the variety. <laughs> It's schizophrenic, maybe it's the ah, who, who, to be honest, who cares? There's enough, there's enough to worry about in the world. Who cares? You know what, um, and that is spot on. I'm like, look, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, um, Ed Sheeran, Beyonce, they need, they're not looking over their shoulders going, bloody hell, this guy's <laughs> it's like who cares? You know, I know it's connecting with a small but beautiful group of people, and it's just like, do it put it out there luckily it's not life or death uh, yeah. and i think that's been something that's let me allow me to let go but also allow me then to do some of the best stuff i've uh, i've ever done you know matt that's that's absolutely terrific and um, you're gonna you're gonna play live for us uh, after we've just concluded this well i say live it's going to be on a podcast so people can listen to it whenever they like and <laughs> um, just just tell us where people can find out about you uh, and if you have any performances coming up 
Yeah, well, um, at the moment, I mean, obviously the situation we're in, no performances per se, but I think the best place to find out is is the website, um, which has all of my my socials on it, um, and it's uh, mattrobinsonuk.com, um, and on there it's got all the links to Spotify and to Apple, to Facebook, to Instagram, and also the videos and the music are on the website as well, so it's kind of like a one-stop um, you know, place for everyone to, to, to go and check it out. Yeah, mattrobinsonuk.com cheers matt and just uh, i guess as a noob someone experiencing you for the first time as i as i am where should i go what what would you say is your absolute like if we were on spotify what would be number one or what is number one on spotify for you oh uh, for me yeah <laughs> well i'm a huge i'm loving i love taylor swift i love her songwriting i love the stories she tells and, and her album folklore for me has just been on repeat heavily <laughs> uh love bonnie Vare, love all the americana stuff and i'm also you know I, I still listen to the music i listened to like 25 years ago you know pearl, pearl jam for me grunge all of that is just my it's my kind of go-to um and yeah you know but the beautiful thing <laughs> it's just um there's so much variety there and i'll discover stuff and uh and also the quieter stuff there's a guy called uh olafer arnolds and he does really stripped down beautiful um piano pieces he, he did the music to Broadchurch, and i love that that side yeah. as well, that reflective side um but yeah so yeah so on december the 18th um releasing my next ep called electro heart uh that has five uh brand new tracks that's going to be available on all, all streaming platforms on the 18th of december matt thanks very much for joining us um it's been a pleasure thank you we'll uh, we'll we'll come back with uh, with a little bit of live music just shortly Um, so, as I mentioned, we have some live music from Matt. Uh, Matt, what are you going to play for us first? Because I think we're going to have two songs, and what we'll probably do is have one to play us out at the end of the show. Brilliant. So the first track I'm going to do is called Echo Chamber, and um, it's the track that I wrote. Um, I, I found uh, an old ECG readout uh, of my dad's um, from about a year ago when uh, I was going through his stuff, and um, it just felt a really powerful moment and um, sat down, and this was the song that just arrived pretty much fully formed, so it's called Echo Chamber. Take it away. Amongst all the debris Amongst all the things I cannot see Found an old piece of paper Graphs and scratches, a box of matches, light me up, oh yeah, light me up. An old ECG readout made your heart beat again. An old ECG. Made my heart skip a beat. Brought you back to me for a moment. You were there. Moments. 
Amongst the debris Amongst the wreckage I hold on to that A piece of paper A mystery The heart It's the greatest mystery I gotta read out in a silver tin I keep under my bed Let's your heart beat again I gotta read out in a silver tin I keep under my head Let's your heart beat again That was excellent, Matt. Thank you very much. The Big Interview Hey everybody, we're back uh, Rach and Hugh, hello Hello Hello. Here's to Matt. you, Matt Robinson <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, alright I mean, it's 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 alright yeah. uh, So Matt was really good to talk to A little bit of live music in there for I say live, you know, podcast music for you there as well um, Please do go and check Matt's stuff out It was really interesting talking to him about uh, You know, writing and, and sort of not being under any pressure To do anything Um but you know, as a man holding down two two very stable jobs, or two two job two jobs in two very stable industries, acting and uh, music, music, um, you know, very good luck to him. It was uh, it was very interesting chat. Uh, shall we talk random question? The random question. Random question this week. I don't know if you saw this, but. Um, I thought on the back of talking to someone who writes his own music and, you know, possibly his own theme tune, um, what would you say was your theme tune? That is this week's random question. I am going to go for Queen, Don't Stop Me Now. Because it has to be something, you know, there's certain songs that when you hear them, you cannot help but start to move a little bit, have a little warble, pretend you're ready for a minute. Um, and that one gets me every time, which I have also now passed on to Zachary, which I'm quite chuffed with. <laughs> um, and we actually, I can't remember, a couple of years ago, probably, we learnt it at choir as well. Yes. So now I can even pretend that I can harmonise with it when it comes on the radio. And Bobby, your, your choir teacher must think of a lot of you lot. He's like, right, okay, let's do something by one of the best singers of all time, classically trained, uh, Freddie Mercury, yeah. He's, uh... We did We Are The Champions this year as well. Gosh, yeah, but don't stop me now. You know that bit at the end when it goes all like la da 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 da. That bit. Yep. Every time we do that at choir, I have no idea why, but I get a bit of mosh every time, (laughs) (laughs) and I can only sing half of it, and then I have to pretend because I feel myself welling up. (laughs) There's absolutely no reason for it whatsoever. I think I just like it that much. 
Rach, do you remember when we did it for a karaoke contest? Me, you and Danny? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. It was, um, oh, it was good. Was that oh. a, a, a uh, evening post-Christmas party? Yes, it was. Down indeed. by um, down in Cavisham. It was indeed. Uh, and then yes, after was, we'd done it, night. Melvin came and told me that I'd sung the intro and I was a bit flat, which I thought was uh, <laughs> really kind. <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> to say Melvin. we didn't win. <laughs> With Simon Cowell of Berkshire News. Yeah, he obviously wounded me. <laughs> I haven't ever forgotten him saying it, so maybe it did. Maybe that's why I cry when I hear it. <laughs> oh, it brings back the memories, of, memories of Melvin. <laughs> oh, dear. Hugh, what about you? I'm going to go with a, an understated, you know, short, unremarkable song a bit like me november rain by guns and roses oh, okay i feel uh, you know a rock a, a rock ballad with a full orchestra kettle drums and guitar <laughs> solos outside windmill outside windmills in the desert nine <laughs> minutes long epic guitar solos a, a wedding gone wrong i just think it sums me up really you know <laughs> <laughs> That is you on a plate right there, isn't it? It is, yeah. It'll give me... Um, windmills. You know, I mean, you're all about windmills. It's not a windmill. Sorry it's a ch- sorry, sorry, to any fans out there. It's a church. It's not a windmill. It's a church in the desert. And uh, Slash is soloing away while a uh, helicopter camera zooms around from above. Now, and the obvious question is, where's his guitar plugged in? Well, clearly the windmill. <laughs> <laughs> windmill. Sorry, windmill I do apologise to any, uh, to a- Axel and Slash and the rest of them. I apologise. Um, yeah, Jack, he's playing. He's playing with such passion that his guitar is amplifying itself. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, energy. It's uh, you know, it's it's me, isn't it? November rain. That's that's what I think. Yeah. Dreary and long, yes. Dreary, dreary, long, and extremely pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying nothing this time. Yeah, stay shut, stay shut, yeah. Rach. Tom, have you picked one? Uh, yes, um, I. No, it's not. It's um, a little song by a chap called Frank Turner, who some of you may have heard of. It's called If I Ever Stray, and it is uh, a wonderful little song. I really like it. Whenever it comes on, there's there's some real good guitar-y bits. Um, I just just sort of it's sort of it's it's a song of kind of hope, which I I like to feel that I exude. You have shocked me, though. I just. I would have put money on it being either Bon Jovi or Scouting for Girls. Oh, come on. How little you know the me. <laughs> Are they not your top two? Um, I mean, I yes. thought Scouting for Girls was a, was a hobby more than a uh, new skill. <laughs> <laughs> those, those are long behind him, Hugh. <laughs> oh, well. Um, <laughs> now, uh, shall we... Ask Change Jeremy. subject rapidly, yes. yes. <laughs> Shall we ask Jeremy how we, people can get in touch with us? Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. 
thank you, Jeremy. Uh, that is how you can get in touch with us. Um, next week, uh, we've got a story of a Reading bus that went behind the Iron Curtain, which has been brought to my attention. Oh, that's intriguing. Indeed. So we will leave that just there. Um, but that's enough for this week. We'll be back next week with plenty more. Um, although I don't think Hugh will be here. So we will probably have Paul Van. Oh, well, I've been to him for a few weeks, have we? That'd be nice. Obviously, um, we'll miss you, Hugh, but... Yes. Well, I might be able to find time in my busy schedule of staying at home all week to, to pop in. <laughs> if you're not in the baguette shop or the co-op, you yes. might find time. I if, it, yeah, if it coincides with the one thing I am allowed to leave the house to do. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, yes, if you have any suggestions uh, for who we could interview, please do get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. If you have a moment, please do give us a rating on your favourite podcast app and submit a review if you have some time. Because, uh, of course, I mean, everybody's got time at the moment, haven't they? No one's doing anything else, so let's get us reviewed. Uh, uh, just, back. just one final thought, actually, Tom. I just thought that the lockdown ends on Wednesday, yeah. and when we went into lockdown in this part of the world, we were in Tier 1, and we're coming out, and we're in Tier 2. So, actually, the we're restrictions the are... <laughs> yeah, it's not much different, is it, really? <laughs> no. so it's helping one do maybe, well done. <laughs> maybe doing the podcast will cheer me up a bit for my... <laughs> Uh, we'll be back next week for more Reading Podcast goodness. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Real Reading Podcast. Okay, everybody, it's uh, as the end of the show. We've said goodbye to Rachel. We've said goodbye to Hugh. Uh, Matt has just rejoined us just ever so briefly. Um, I enjoyed uh, his previous song, Echo Chamber, so much just at the end of the interview that um, he's he's just going to play us out in place of our usual ending music with... Um, oh, well, Matt, let introduce it. You, you, you'll know it better than I do. All right. Thanks, Tom. So uh, this track is called Lift Me Up. And, uh, and actually, I used to be... Uh, Rachel's neighbor so uh, for many many years Rachel had to put up with me and my housemate John who's he's in the band on the last picture show uh, playing music at all hours of the night and she was an incredibly cool and a great sport about it so uh, <laughs> yeah it's been great thank you for having me on and uh, this is Lift Me Up. Don't let me down, let's fight this gravity that's all around Lift me up, don't let me drown This tsunami washes me to higher grounds This life is mine, I'll grab it by the scruff of the neck This time is mine, I will not be shackled 
lift me up. Grab it by the scruff of the neck